If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Four four three six five four four seven. Auto chill. Stay chilled. We are coming up with Distraction for Gold, that documentary that's been put together by my colleague Erastos Asaridonko is airing on Monday here on the Joy News channel, uh, revealing some issues happening. And we know currently that there's some prospecting or mining in the Nimri Forest, which is supposed to be a forest reserve. How did Akunta Mining Company Limited, a company that we now know belongs to Chairman Woon to me, the regional chairman, that's the Ashanti regional chairman of the NPP. He's been speaking about it, mentioning that he has a license uh, to be prospecting or mining in the Nimri Forest, which is supposed to be a forest reserve. And just today and just this morning, our team in the Ashanti region has given us files indicating that the Asantehene Otunfosei to the second has been speaking about the illegal mining situation. This is about the second or third time we're hearing him on this. He's insisting that chiefs cannot be accused of allowing illegal mining to thrive when licenses are issued without recourse to traditional authorities. That's the situation he's raising. He's also talking about questioning the failure of the security agencies to successfully fight illegal mining in the country. Let's hear from the Asante Hene, Osun Fosei to the second. When you come to Galamse, that is an albatross on our head. It's rather unfortunate that it's happened this way. Uh, Ghana was known as the Gold Coast and therefore it was known. But during that time, uh, it wasn't like the Galamse that we are talking about. Uh, many ones people were doing hundreds and hundreds of years ago. It was there. But unfortunately, it's got into a point where people are now using equipment that, and all that and, and doesn't care about, they don't care about the environment or anything. But the question is, who is in control of that security around the area? From the district level to the highest level. We are all talking about Galamse. The government set up uh, this, uh, the, 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 the military police to do it. Why have we not been able to stop it? No. That's the point. Why haven't we been able to stop it? If you create a, a system where we say we will stop it, to the extent that the president says, I've put my presidency on the line, and yet it is going on, then to me, something is wrong somewhere. So we need to review why this is happening. Polluting our waters. And case in point is when I came back and hear that a Chinese woman who had was supposedly deported is back in this country also doing Galamse again. Who are you to come? Is it that our borders are porous? Or what? <coughs> so what happened? So. And people know who are doing the Galamse. They know the people are working there in the communities with those people. Unfortunately, unemployment may be the problem. Fine, but that is not to say that we have to destroy environments. So. Unemployment could be a problem. Right. So people in communities will say, I don't have any job to do, and therefore 
But that's not the alternative. So it's something that is facing all of us that we need to find out what, what went wrong. But to me, why can't Galabze be stopped? Because I'm sure people are also involved that they know and have some authority somewhere that I, I don't think that should be the case. So, so <laughs> but if they go there and meet the Galabze people, will go there and all those things, that, uh, what happens? Where's the gold? Where's the money? Who is taking it? So, let's face reality. So, so that you, you, the concession or whatever it is is given by them. By, by the authorities in Accra. The chiefs don't give concessions to people. The chiefs are there, the people come, they say that we've gotten a document from Accra to say that we've been given alliances to come and, and mine. Who consulted the chief? For him to even be able to supervise where he's going. So, and the constitution says the minerals under is, for, is being held in trust for the people by the president. So whoever gave that person the license to go in should be responsible to supervise that, that, that degradation of the, of the land. Asante Hene Otunfo say to the second, they're speaking during that Ketsi call on him by the U.S. ambassador at the Menshia Palace. That's the concern. Chiefs cannot be blamed entirely who were giving these licenses. We've heard from uh, Chairman Wuntumi saying that his license uh, to prospect in the Nemiri Forest spans all the way to 2035. How is that possible? We've been told that um, he's been instructed or we've heard the Lands and Natural Resources Minister indicate that he should halt his activities in there. That's a contamining. What then happens? Does it stop there? But we can hear from Samuel Abujinapo during his tour also of the Ashanti region. For all of us as citizens, as uh, policy makers, and as stakeholders in this fight, how uh, an operation like this in the heart of the forest and in the uh, far away uh, areas of our country can go on without notice by the police, uh, the chiefs, the local political leadership, assembly people, um, you know, the district chief executive, for example. And as you dare say, even the inspectorate division of the Minerals Commission here, and these are questions that I, as minister, I'm going to be uh, seeking answers for. How is it the case that such an operation can be mounted and such level of devastation can happen? What against illegal mining can only be won if it's a collective action, if, it, if we all collectively put our, our weights and put our support behind the fight. And I've made this point over and over again. Mining with the greatest of respect in all humility and modesty is never conducted in an office. Mining is conducted in the countryside. It's conducted out there. And if it's conducted out there, the people who are responsible for the various jurisdictions in the country with the greatest of respect are the people who should uh, come to grace with this matter. But there it is. So that's um, the Lands and Natural Resources Minister um, recently in the Ashanti region. Uh, just to, we know that he summoned five regional ministers to talk about this situation where we have this illegal mining situation prevalent. We've heard about this exchange of gunfire um, in, with impunity actually happening right here in Ghana. We're told also in the eastern region that some arrests have been made, about 15 arrests from the police statement that we are seeing so far. 
what really is happening. We've had Operation Halt, a number Operation Vanguard, a number of operations just to deal with illegal mining. What really is the problem? We've heard from the Asantehene raising concerns that chiefs cannot be blamed entirely because they are not issuing these licenses. Let me come to my guests now for their preliminary comments on this. And as we go on, we will take your comments as well on this illegal mining situation, then we can get into the IMF conversation and then the GNPC scandal. Uh, there's more happening there that we need to unearth as well, right here on Newsfile. So for obvious reasons, I'll start with Dr. Presla Chumisi uh, on this. Uh, then we can, we know that they are economic drivers, of course, that's leading to this illegal mining situation. But should that take precedence over um, our environment, really? That's the, that's the concern. Thank you, Amaha. Good morning and good morning to your listeners once again. Um, indeed, when it comes to rent-seeking behavior, like we find in the mining sector, it is a difficult fight to win unless um, there are strict rules and measures that are put in place, not necessarily um, ad hoc measures once in a while, campaign against it. Because like the minister indicated, the people that are prospecting for gold and all that, they are in the hinterland. So you cannot be in offices regulating such activities. So we need a national consensus, a stronger fight against the menace. Because indeed, when you look at some of the the scenes um, in, in videos and pictures, it's like a war zone. And you see that the people that are in, engaging this um, the returns to the hazardous activities they are involved in are quite high for those that are engaging in those activities. But it comes at the detriment of the whole society because as a society, I mean, we are losing our water bodies. It takes so long, number of years to reclaim these lands that have been left in such devastating manner. And so for me, I think that we need to, um, as a country, uh, be more stricter on the rules, punitive measures. Um, and I see that the police will be arresting um, some of the people. But indeed, when you look at these people, you see that these are the young men that have been hired or are doing the galamse themselves. We need a few big ways within India to serve as a deterrent to others. I believe that if a number of people have been jailed, have been punished for these activities, influential people, it will serve as a, a good signal to deter um, the many that are involved in these activities um, on, the, on the other side of the country. And also, I mean, the other bit is that, yes, whilst we are doing this, how are we, um, uh, how is the system coming out with policies to generate alternative livelihoods for people that have been involved in these activities. But yes, so these are a national consensus that needs to be built um, for a whole agenda to battle this because certainly the rate we are going is not sustainable. But with this fight so far, over the period, with what you've seen, I know you've mentioned how difficult it is, but do you see some level of seriousness in wanting to actually deal with this situation? To be honest, to, to, the, to the extent that the president puts his uh, presidency on board, I believe that the, the, the success stories are not many, given that we are still seeing what we see. So the question we need to access, 
the people the president has appointed in positions of authority to uh, manage these activities what are they doing and if we are not getting um, results why are they still in position for example i think that um, people must be held accountable and for that matter um, when we do that then um, it serves as a, as a as a signal for people who are in the bid to prospect people who are um, being encouraged to move into the business and all that um, but at the moment i don't think that the system has achieved much mm. Mr. Wah, let me come to you i know we are all about or mostly about building our strong financial institutions amongst others but looking at our water bodies looking at the situation in terms of our fight against illegal mining i'm sure you've seen the exchange of gunfire i missed it. we are told that there have been some arrests amongst others but really from where you sit what do you see when it comes to our fight against illegal mining you sit on the financial sector are you happy with what you see Thank you very much, Alifa. Um, it's sad and, uh, when, you, when you see the images and the, uh, the news stories. You cannot but you know bow your, your head down in, almost in shape. It's sad that um, a classic case of the personal interest of a few people um, overriding the entire national interest. And it is sad that uh, these few people have succeeded so much to more or less conscript the entire security apparatus of the country in a manner that is not able to act. And when you hear of reports that um, some of these uh, illegal miners are being protected by people who are supposed to be arresting them, it goes to date to the point that we are not ready to fight the fight. What we do as a country is as these matters come up, we rush quickly just to quell the news, and then afterwards, we go back to business as usual. We can't deal with Galamsey menace with business as usual. It needs concerted effort, commitment, dedication, and people who are truly in words and in deeds willing and able to act to, to, to stop this from happening. And when people talk about Galam says that, oh, uh, the, the future of generations, uh, you know, is being sacrificed, I, I, I say it's not the future of generations. The, we who are alive now, we may not even see that future. If the pace at which the environment is being degraded pursues or goes on at this pace, in our lifetime, we will see its direct impact negative impact. And I'll give you a short story. Um, and growing up, um, I spent some time in a village in the Ashanti region called Enyinasu. Mm-hmm. As you enter the village, there used to be a big river before the village and another river just as you exit the village. After over 35 to 40 years, I had not been there. And one day, on my, on my route to an event in uh, the Brown House region at the time, I decided to pass through that village to see how uh, things are panned out in the, you know, in the environment where I spent some, a few years. I entered the village without knowing that I was in the village. And when I stopped and asked about the river, they said, oh, this river has disappeared long ago. Mm-hmm. So I thought as I exited the town, I was going to see the other river. When I got there, it had also disappeared. Even during the rainy season, there is no river there. So in our lifetime, in one village, you've lost two river sources. 
If we do not deal with this, with all the energies and the economic power that as a state we have, the security that we have, it is an existential issue. We must tackle it at its back. We need to tackle it from the roots. We don't have to respond just to news stories. And um, they say in, uh, in performance management that what gets measured gets done. And I, I support what uh, my, my colleague panelists just men- mentioned. If there is no consequence for the things that have happened, there's nothing that's going to happen to change the course that as a country we are on now. People must get fired. If you are a DCE and in your locality there's illegal mining going on, you must lose your job. It's as simple as that. Mm. And we, we like to scratch surfaces of our problems without dealing with the underlying issue. That there are too many big men in this country, big men in quotes, who supposedly can pick a phone and everything stops. We need to get to the point where those big men are made to answer for their ills and sins to the country. It's, it's appalling the way and manner we've allowed this. This should not be news. It's, it's one week action, and I'm sure all the perpetrators, the people who are destroying the future of this country and our livelihood of this country, and you know, they'll just disappear in a matter of a week or a month if we are serious about it. Look at this image, and it's, it's so sad mm. that people can have the infantry to tell us that they have permits to mine in a forest reserve. What kind of country is this? It's, just, it's, it's like the more you talk about it, the more become, you know, almost a press and, and it's so, 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 so sad. Well, you assurances know. have been given. Uh, we've been told about measures that have been put in place. Why it's not working and why it's not stopping and why our water bodies are not clearing remains a mystery. But thankfully, uh, the ranking member on the Mines and Energy Committee is with me uh, in the studios. Mr. John Jinapo, thank you uh, so much uh, for joining us once again. So you sit where you sit. You see it all. At least you interact with those who are supposed to be dealing with this particular situation, what really is hampering the process of dealing with illegal mining? Uh, thank you very much. Uh, first of all, I think that <clears throat> it's a major, major problem. Normally, when you have a situation where such minerals lead to some significant levels of revenue, there is the tendency and the temptation for people to move in there. And that is even why the state, particularly those in authority, ought to be determined, measured, and ensure that they fight this canker. I think all of us have come to agree that this illegal mining activity is causing a serious problem for us as a nation. If we look at our river bodies, our forest cover, and I even heard the Minister of Information indicate that it could impact exports of cocoa. Mm-hmm. Don't forget our cocoa volumes have already reduced from about 1 million to 680,000. Partly because people are cutting down their cocoa trees for illegal mining activities. So it's a major, major area. You might get some quick money today, but then the consequence going forward and sustainability is a major issue. The back stands with the president, and that is why the president himself said he's putting his job on the line. Nobody compelled him. He himself, realizing how serious the issue is, told the people of Ghana that he's putting his job on the line. The result so far has been very, very appalling for me. Uh, the president hasn't achieved anything significant. But you asked a legitimate question. How do you deal with it? 
The only way to deal with it, in my opinion, is the president to show leadership by going after his people. Mm. There's ample evidence to suggest and to confirm that some top hierarchy within the MPP are engaged in this illegal activity. Okay. Yeah, you just cited the counter mining. And he says that he has a prospecting license till 2035. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's shocking. This is the law. Just a moment. Minerals and Mining Act 703, Section 35 says, A prospecting license shall be granted for initial period not exceeding three years. Says he's been renewing it. And, uh, no, but if you, and, all the, and the renewal, comes. extension of the time, the holder of a prospecting license may at any time, but not later than three months before the expiration of the license, apply in the form that may be prescribed to the minister for an extension of the term of the prospecting license, subject to 38-3, for a period not more than three years. Yes. Mm. So how can you renew it till 2035? I mean, this is the law. The law says that you can't go beyond three years. And even when you go to 38, it says that the acreage or the land size ought to be reducing going forward. So how come Wood to me is able to acquire a prospecting license that expires in 2035? There may be more Wood to me's out there. A lot of them. We get a lot of reports. And we issued a statement, I think two weeks ago, when we heard that he was degrading the forest in Samnaboy. Mm-hmm. Now, go to the minister's own statement. This is the press release from the minister, 30th September 2022 issued by the Public Relations, Ministry of Lands and Natural Resources. It is clear, the statement confirms that what Akonta Mining, owned by Chamawonti, was doing there was illegal. They've asked him to halt activities. No, the first thing is that what he was doing was illegal. Mm-hmm. So, he's breached the law. There's no doubt about that. Because the fact that you have a prospecting license doesn't mean you can just move into the forest and start degrading it. You need other permits, like environmental permits, and other permits or licenses before you can move in. So clearly, there's some blatant disregard for the law, like some of my colleagues are saying, by some people who feel untouchable. Let's face it, but for the fact that Jama me was the Ashanti regional chairman of the MPP, could he have moved into the forest and, that, and start degrading it the way he was doing and you, the media, but he started this way back. It. But yes. the concern is he started way back. He that didn't just start when he became the regional chairman of the NPP. So for you to say that because he's a regional chairman, that's how come he's been left off the hook. Some um, action of a sort has been taken now. We're told, is it enough? Is not enough? You expect more to be done? You would recall that President Mahmoud's major problem with Chairman me was when he attempted to stop him from these illegal activities. And he publicly went after President Mahama and stated that President Mahama was preventing him from earning his daily bread. So you could see a deliberate attempt by the then government mm. to deal with this situation. I'm saying that this is a new phenomenon, especially with this forest reserve. We're talking of illegal mining. Now we're talking of illegal mining moving into forest reserves. Mm-hmm. It's a serious matter. So I'm saying the president must demonstrate that he's indeed committed this government must show commitment by dealing with their own people. Mm-hmm. If they go arresting the small, small ones, the small fishes, whilst your own men are blatantly disregarding the law 
and moving into forest reserves and degrading the forest, you are sending the wrong signal. For me, this is a litmus test. There's evidence that what this company has done is illegal. They moved into the forest, degraded the forest without authority. And so I expect that this government and their ministers would take this on, use this as a test case, prosecute them so that we would know mm. that government is indeed committed against illegal mining. Anything short of this, for me, would just be scratching the surface to be mere rhetoric and it doesn't demonstrate or confirm that this government is committed to fighting the canker. Look, this Aquanta mining, he's been there for a long time. It's not yesterday, but it's not yesterday. I have years. been working with some of your sister stations. I've been granting interviews. I've seen videos. Samatex has been complaining. The chiefs have been complaining. But the man feels that he's above the law. He's big. He has some political weight. And so he can do what he wants. You know, for the watching. likes of you, you have a committee. You're a ranking member on a key committee that's supposed to help with this fight. We hear you talk about it, and it appears beyond the news items, nothing much really happens. You have the powers. Why are you not using it? Look, let's call a spade a spade. When it comes to punitive measures, when it comes to prosecution, it's not parliament that does it. Of course, it's not. But you, you have the powers to force the hand. And responsibility in terms of oversight. It is parliament. And we've hauled the minister responsible for this sector, uh, lawyer Samuel Abujina, for several years before our committee, before parliament, even in the chamber, to put him to stress test and all that. So, yes, it's just, it's just hauling him before a committee, and, and that's it. Nothing so, therefore, the question is that what can parliament do? Mm-hmm. You voted us to go and represent you. I'm telling what we have been doing. If you think that there's something in particular, something specific that Parliament ought to do that we are not doing, put it out here. Mm. And I promise you we'll take it up. I know that within the remit of the Constitution and within the powers that Parliament has, we have done a very, very good job in terms of advocacy, oversight, responsibility, giving directives. We've done everything we can. But the boss stops with the President. Okay. Is the President... Who has the mandate and the power to stop this? He controls the security apparatus. He controls our budget. He appoints the ministers. He appoints the attorney general. He can institute prosecution through the attorney general. And so let us hold the man who has the power and the responsibility to stop this. When the president leaves, then all of us can support him. But if the president doesn't show commitment, if he doesn't fight this head on, don't hold MPs responsible for the failures of the president. I'm clear about this, and I'm, and I'm very, very clear about what I'm saying. Mm. Well, we've heard from the traditional rulers. They are also uh, shifting the blame. They mentioned that they can't be blamed entirely for this because they don't issue the licenses, among others. But this is a fight that we ought to continue to deal with. And on Monday, uh, here on the Joy News Channel, we're bringing you Destruction for Gold, that documentary put together by Erastus Asari Donko. You ought to catch it, and then we can all help in that fight against um, illegal mining and we'll take a quick break. When we return, we'll get into the IMF talks. It's day five already. Debt sustainability on the path to get that $3 billion loan um, facility and hoping that it would actually reflect in the uh, November. That's the 2023 budget. What really happens? We've talked about the seven pillars that are outlined. 
We'll be taking a look at them right here on Newsfile. Please stay.